Good afternoon, everyone. So at Mass, we always have an opening prayer that comes immediately after the Gloria. And it is opened up with, let us pray. And the priest says a prayer. Oftentimes, I think many people check out as soon as they hear, let us pray. They close their eyes, they bow their heads, and their mind goes off to something else. But really, the opening prayer is very, very important. Why? Because it gives us, so to speak, the theme of the Mass. Or another, or another way to put it, it gives us what all of us are praying for at this Mass. What grace are you and me on your behalf asking God for you, right? So the collect, the opening prayer, gives us that theme, gives us exactly what we're praying for that Mass. And so if we miss it, we're missing a vital part of the Mass. We miss exactly what we're praying for at this particular Mass on this particular Sunday. So that's why I had you pay attention to the collect or the opening prayer. And so you probably forgot it by now, uh, so I will repeat it. I want you to listen closely to what we prayed for at the beginning of the Mass. We prayed. Grant us, we pray, O Lord our God, the constant gladness of being devoted to you. For it is full and lasting happiness to serve with constancy the author of all that is good. So I'm going to take a quick poll for a second. Who would love to have the grace of constant gladness? Anybody? Good. Okay, that's, that's great. You, you want what the Mass is praying for. That's good. Who would love to have full and lasting happiness? Anybody in here? Thanks be to God. Good. One person in the back didn't raise their hand. I'm just kidding. Right, so when I say let us pray. I don't say let me pray, right? Let us pray. Today, when I said that, that was the grace we were beseeching God for, the constant gladness of being devoted to Him, and knowing that it is full and lasting happiness to serve Him with constancy. But I think that begs the question, what does it mean to be devoted to God? Because it'd be good to know what it means to be devoted to God so we can know its fruit of constant gladness, right? If the fruit of being devoted to God is constant gladness, we would want to know, well, how do I be devoted to God, right? And so maybe there's some things that we can consider that as we assess, evaluate, analyze our life, our schedules, our day-in and day-out activities, we can measure them up to say, Am I being devoted to God with them? Because I think oftentimes we think that devoted to God means that I'm doing churchy things all the time, right? I'm doing churchy things all the time. But that's not really the case, necessarily. So the first thing I'd like for us to consider is that being devoted to God has two things. The first is that it brings glory to God, whatever we're doing. The second thing is that it sanctifies us. It makes us holy. So, as we analyze our week, analyze our daily activities, are we glorifying God through them? And is it making us holy? If it's not doing those things, we shouldn't be doing them. 
What does it mean to be devoted to God? I want to consider three practical things that we can, we can talk about today. I could have a whole list of them, right? And bore you with a whole list. But I want to talk about three and discuss three. What does it mean to be devoted to God? The first one I want to ask is how do you spend your Sundays? I'll ask again. How do you spend your Sundays? Because this says a lot about being devoted to God. You know that God requires of us 14% of our week to be devoted to Him? 14%. That's one out of seven, right? And that one day is the Sabbath, Sunday, right? And God asks and He requires of us that we devote that day, all of it, all 24 hours, to Him, right? And He instructs us and he gives us how do we do that, right? So you can even ask the question, well, how do we devote it to God? And God's already told us in the scriptures, there's two ways. We worship and we relax. Yes, God commands us to relax and to rest, right? He commands us to worship and to rest. In other words, what what it means to make Sunday holy What that means is to set Sunday apart, we need to worship and we need to rest. Because to set something apart means to make it look different than the rest of your week. And our Sundays should look different. What we do on Sundays should look different than Monday through Saturday. And if it doesn't, then are we really devoting it to God? Are we worshiping and are we resting? Now, you may be saying at this point, all right, Father, I'm buying in, right? I'm, I'm buying what you're selling. How do I do that? How do I do that? I want to give you one practical thing to consider. We all do this too, by the way. What is something or some things during the week that you intentionally say, you know, I could do this now, but I'll do it on Sunday. I have much more time then. What are those things that during the week you say, you know, I, I could do this now, but I'm going to put it on Sunday because I know I have a little extra time for this. Because as we begin to prioritize our week and as we begin to push things to Sunday, we realize we start doing things during the week that we necessarily don't need to do. Because you may say to me, Father, you don't know my schedule. I got kids. I got work to do. You don't know how busy I am. And I would ask you, as you analyze your week, as you prioritize your week, maybe look back and you spent two hours scrolling through Facebook. You spent three hours, an hour, watching YouTube video after YouTube video. You binge watch a Netflix series Friday night, Friday afternoon. You spent all Saturday watching college football, not just your team that you follow, but all day Saturday watching college football and saying, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll mow the lawn tomorrow. Huh? I'll go grocery shopping on Sunday. I'll go shopping on Sunday. Right? And so as we begin to really prioritize our week and assess these things, we realize we're doing things that we don't necessarily have to do during the week, that we're pushing other things to Sunday and we're taking away from God's day. Now, to you spouses out there, What if it was your spouse's birthday 
or y'all's anniversary, your spouse comes to you and says, honey, what are we doing today? Right? What are we going to do today? And you say, well, you know, I had some things to do the other day, but I pushed them to today, if you don't mind. I pushed them to your day. If our spouses wouldn't like it, if we don't do it to our spouses, how much more should we avoid doing that to God on his day? I want to witness to you for a second. When I was in the seminary, I used to do uh, all my schoolwork, all my reading, all my papers on Sunday. I heard a talk one time about devoting that day to God, worshiping and resting and not doing anything else. And so I made the commitment. I said, okay, I'm not going to do any schoolwork on Sundays. And I was known for the guy who was always last minute with my papers. I could never get them on time. I never got in all my reading. I spent all Saturday going out, having fun, doing all these things, and on Sunday doing all my schoolwork. So I started pushing all that work to Saturday and getting it done. Do you know that I started getting papers done weeks and weeks earlier? Do you know that I got all my school reading done before class? And I began to be amazed what God allowed me to do with my time, how much more efficient I was with my time when I gave him his day and I did my other work on its day. To you parents out there, please waste time with your kids on Sunday. Please waste time with your kids, with your spouses. They need it. They long for it. They want it. They deserve it. So how are you spending your Sundays? That's the first consideration. The second one is prayer. Do you give God time every day in prayer? I want you to consider something for a second. If God wasn't holding you in existence at this moment, you would cease to exist. If God wasn't constantly sustaining you in existence, you wouldn't have time to go do other things and be busy. God doesn't just want our time. He deserves our time, y'all. He deserves to have that intimate time with us, to have that relational time with Him. We don't go to Him as a dictator to a servant or a master to a servant. We go to Him as a son and daughter to a father and as to a friend. That's what prayer is. So what does your schedule like look during the week? Do you make time for prayer? I want to stop here for a second. I want you to... I want to Think about this for a second. What does that sound like when you go above and beyond and are very intentional with your week to say, you know what, I could push this aside, I could push that aside, just to, just to really give God time here during the day and on Sunday. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like a lover pursuing his beloved. When I do marriage prep, you know what one of the things I ask of them always ask to tell me the engagement story, and the guy has to tell me. Because I want to know how much time and effort he put into making that moment special for her. Because that tells me a lot about what he will do for her in a marriage. The sacrifices he will make for her in a marriage. And it tells me a lot about their own relationship, of how intentional they are with their time. We don't see this as, well, Father, just tell me I've got to do this. No, this is about 
a lover with a beloved. So how do we spend our Sundays and how are we giving God time in prayer every day? Last but not least, very practical, very particular, what does it mean to be devoted to God? How do we show our devotedness to God? I want to ask a very particular question. How do you receive communion? How do you receive communion? How do you prepare your heart for that sacred and intimate time with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist? Because I had to ask the question, does the way you receive communion manifest and reflect how devoted you are to your God? When the priest looks you in the eye and says, the body of Christ, are you silent? When the priest presents to you the body of Christ, do you say, Amen? Do you pull the drive through with Jesus, right? And you're already walking away before you even receive him? Do you receive the Lord, your Savior, your God, and the Holy Eucharist, and then walk around and just do like this and walk back to your seat? How do you receive Holy Communion? Because that says a lot of how devoted you are to him. It's when the priest look you in the eye and say, the body of Christ, you say, amen, amen. And to have that sacred and intimate time with your Lord Jesus Christ. That shows a lot how devoted you are to him. My brothers and sisters, I present to you these three things, and I ask you to really pray about them, consider them, How's your Sunday look? Are you giving the Lord time in prayer every day? And how do you receive Holy Communion? The fruit of being devoted to God is constant gladness. You all said you wanted it. The fruit of serving Him with constancy is full and lasting happiness. You all said you wanted it. The church gives us the tool. We know the fruit. Now we execute the game plan.